Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk through the latest happenings in pop culture to help make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the great Demi Lovato Froyo shop debacle of 2021, Zac Efron's plastic surgery rumors, and Caitlyn Jenner's announcement to run for governor of California. Let's discuss. And we back. I really cannot emphasize enough how thankful I am to not have to do this alone again. <laughs> you took one for the team, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. It has been quite the busy week over in the Weatherhead household. So I really yes, tell them where you are. Give them an update. Well, let's just talk about that really quickly because I obviously moved into uh, my brand new apartment with James last weekend and it was actually crazy. Like we took the day off on Friday. We got a U-Haul. We moved all of our furniture in from a storage unit into the U-Haul, into the apartment, had a little bit of help from James's brother and his brother's girlfriend, Peter and Maddie, and then my cousin, Anna, and the five of us balled out. We unpacked everything on Friday and by Sunday we were fully moved in, like fucking apartment decorated. We bought a fucking futon for a second bedroom. It was fucking crazy. And then we worked from home that whole week. Then on Thursday or no, on Wednesday, we got our second vaccine. On Thursday, we were like pooped out from that. And then on Friday, we got in the car at 6 p.m., and drove for 18 hours to Palm Springs, where I am now located and coming to you live from Palm Springs, currently in my bathing suit, getting a break from that sun because it's fucking hot. There's a UV index of eight outside. I stood, I sat out there for like five minutes before me and Emily hopped on and I already have a tan. I'm like, oh, okay. Hang on. We're <laughs> honestly concerned for Lenny. We have, Lenny is indoors, by the way. Nobody worry. I was literally Googling how to know if your dog overheats because I was scared. Like he was panting. His like heart is pumping because he keeps wanting to sit with me in the sun and he likes the sun, but I'm like, Lenny, it's too hot for you. And he won't get in the pool. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Has he ever been in water? Has he swum, swam, swam? We've made him, we've made him him swam. (laughs) (laughs) We tried to make him swim last summer and he just didn't like it. So I'm not going to force it on him. Like... I love him and he'll do what's right for himself. But yesterday when we were in the sun, I did like pick him up and dip him into the pool so that he could like cool down. And he was a little mad, but I mean, I did what was right for my son. Exactly. You have to protect him and you have to urge him to grow and explore new things. You know what I mean? Like he can't, he can't can't live in fear forever. No, exactly. Oh shit. Fuck. He just... Sorry, he just jumped up on the bed being a good little boy. Oh my god. He loves his new house though. We have our little egg chair from Target. Yes. That gets all the sun and he fucking loves just sitting there. It's the cutest and I love him. I'm so happy for you. And what a yeah, literally what a week it's been for you. And did you not have any crazy side effects from the second vaccine? Um, not, I feel like I handled it pretty well. Like I got a little bit tired in the middle, tired in the middle of the night. (laughs) I woke up and had kind of like chill, like a little chills and a little kind of fever vibes. I didn't actually have a fever. Like I took my temperature and I was at 98, but 
then the next day I felt like I was just like hungover and I did have like a little bit of a fever then and then it went away by like two or three taking some Advil so I feel like it was pretty nice and weirdly my arm didn't hurt as much the second time are you kidding yeah like it hurt but the first time the first vaccine it it hurt for like four days like I couldn't sleep on my left side and then it was just one night of pain and then I felt fine so yeah I was just glad because we some people have been saying that they get the back or the side effects for like a couple days like if you're really fucked you might feel it for like two to four days people have been saying yeah most people it's like 24 hours but I was just nervous because like we all four of us got our second vaccine and then we were all doing the Palm Springs drive on Friday. We were like, <laughs> so if anybody wasn't feeling well, it was going to be a long drive. Oh my God. We were going to get wrecked, but yeah, I worked out. I mean, the drive still was horrible, but it would have been even more horrible. <laughs> and did you get Pfizer? Moderna. Oh, you got Moderna? Yeah. Oh, what the hell? Okay. Well, I'm happy for you. Jesus. I don't know why I died. My arm literally hurt for four days. And then I had like that red rash around the the injection. I feel like everyone I know that's gotten Pfizer did have worse side effects. Interesting. But that's not, I'm not, don't, don't quote me. I mean, just get your vaccine. Like, I honestly kind of wanted to be more sick. Like, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Just for the full experience. Yeah, like, I to, yeah, exactly. And I wanted to be able to like have a really good veg out day before we got in the car for 18 hours. But exactly. Well, I'm glad you made it and that you can veg out in the 100 degree weather and get your son to swim. But you know what? <laughs> Even though it's been a busy week, I'm so happy that this week really popped off with pop culture. Like, you know, some weeks when there's just not that many stories, I feel like it's a scramble to pull something together and then it stresses us out more. But this week did the work for us. 100%. And should we just, let's start with our question of the day because it bleeds right into the first story of the day. So the first question of the day is, what is your go-to Froyo order? So I have not had a Froyo in a long time just because lactose intolerance and I just, I, yeah, it's not really my thing, but whenever I did go, I'm a pretty basic gal on the actual Froyo flavor. Like I love just a basic chocolate vanilla swirl. However, I do remember one time that I went, there was a graham cracker flavor and I loved that. And so I got that and I love just making it into sort of a s'mores moment because you know, the marshmallow sauce that they have. Yes. I love that. When I first discovered that, I thought it was the shit. Like that was my favorite thing in the entire world. So I love just loading it up with the marshmallow sauce, some chocolate chips, maybe some crushed graham crackers. Boom. And then if it's just chocolate and vanilla, throw on as much cookie dough as possible. And I'm pretty much good to go. Wow. That's very similar to me. Oh my God. I've never had a graham cracker flavor, but that sounds truly incredible there's it's no better so good the graham cracker and I will take that to the grave like the flavor of graham yes um but <laughs> same thing kind of like a little chocolate vanilla swirl I like a little bit of a fudge moment and actually Ooh, yes I was you know the graham cracker intrigues me because typically at Froyo I will do the graham cracker crumble like yes. the circle that they have I'll sometimes do a little oreo crumble moment Ooh. I might do a little cookie dough depending on the vibes. And then sometimes there's like a flavor at Froyo that I have to try that's usually on the like thicker side. Like there's thick and then there's fruity and I'm all about the thick. 
Oh, I know the flavor that I will get if it's there alongside my chocolate vanilla swirl is red velvet. Oh, yes. With and, some white chocolate? Yes. And sometimes like a banana moment. Gets me. Ew! I no. love a banana moment. <laughs> okay, you definitely lost me there. You had me with red velvet, lost me at banana. That's nasty. What flavors do you put on banana? Ch- chocolate? Yeah, it goes with chocolate. It goes with graham cracker. Like, don't worry about it. If you had a banana cream pie, you would put that on a graham cracker crust. It's the same. It's the same vibe. Anyways. I don't know about that. <laughs> you can't get so triggered about Froyo without talking about the ultimate Froyo incident that occurred this last week. And it was truly incredible. I was so excited to talk about this fucking story. It was just it's the pinnacle of our career to talk about stories like this because they're just this so... is what we started the podcast for stories 100%. like this I thrive on this moment so it is the Demi Lovato Froyo shop the big chill situation and was it a situation indeed and she had literals negative chill the pop star 28 began her campaign against big Froyo big chill Froyo Sunday by writing on Instagram of her recent visit to the spot Quote, finding it extremely hard to order Froyo from the Big Chill official when you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies and other diet foods before you get to the counter, she wrote on her egg story. Do better, please, she wrote, adding the hashtag, hashtag diet culture vultures. The Big Chill then started a DM conversation with Lovato, writing, we cater to all of our customers' needs for the past 36 years. We're sorry you found this offensive. Things escalated from there. At one point, according to the DMs, of the conversation leaked to TMZ, Lovato warned the Froyo spot, don't keep going with this. You don't want to mess with me. You're in the wrong and the customer is always right. Meanwhile, as the backlash over her response grew, Lovato claimed she was being gaslit by the media over the flop. She later apologized in an Instagram live where she apologized for anyone offended by her message, which she said had been misconstrued, in quotes, admitting that she didn't lift the Froyo place up from a place of love. Lovato said, I'm genuinely sorry that people took it the wrong way. I just get really passionate. She admits that she came to the wrong conclusion about the Big Chills marketing and labeling certain items for people, for example, with celiac disease or diabetes. I didn't know that, she said, because it wasn't clear. I definitely jumped to conclusions and probably shouldn't have gone about this the way that I have, but I'm willing to talk to this Froyo shop to help get the messaging right. I know that people struggle with Froyo with eating disorders. That's why I'm super sensitive when I walk into a Froyo place and I see diet stuff. The thing about overcoming my addictions, my drug addictions, is I can walk away from that and never touch it again for the rest of my life, she explained. But I have to eat three times a day. I left that yogurt store and didn't get the yogurt that I wanted. And then I had a hard time the rest of the weekend to be totally transparent. It's also important to note too, before we you know talk about our thoughts, is that immediately after Demi's smear campaign against the Big Chill, thousands of her you know loyal stands went on Yelp and Google My Business and left scathing reviews on the Big Chill's like official you know review platforms, saying like giving them a one star and saying all this bullshit about how they're horrible and how they you know basically regurgitating everything that Demi said in her stories and now their accounts have an average of a one-star rating or at least they did right after I don't I I would bet that people came back to like help support them and get them back up but yeah so also at the end of this live so I watched the whole thing because I was just like I can't even imagine what she's gonna say about this and it was 20 times worse than what I thought it was going to be and at the very end of the live she said quote it's sometimes exhausting to be a celebrity. 
And I was like, oh, sweetie, that is not it. That is not the comment to make, especially at a time like this. So where to even begin on unpacking this? I mean, I have to say when this first happened, I was trying to look at it with a critical lens and, you know, it's easy to get like mad when celebrities throw a fit, but I was trying to listen to her side and to the people that were also like trying to kind of add some, shed some more light on Demi's intentions. Cause her intentions were, I mean, they weren't bad. She didn't have bad intentions, like, but she had a really bad effect but like um, Jamila Jamil, for example, came to Demi's defense on of course. Instagram. Of course, she's classically on the wrong side. But um, <laughs> he was like, I really think that people are missing the point. Like Demi's making a really good, great point here, which is like, it's not bad that they have these different types of foods available, but maybe like the messaging could be clearer so that it's clear, like who these different types of foods are for or whatever. And I was like, yeah, like that, that kind of makes sense. But then I heard about like the effect that Demi's stuff had on the business, which ended up being good. Cause a lot of people came to their defense and were like, fuck you, Demi, like, we're going to go support them. And then for the last week, they've had like a line out their door. Oh, good. And their, their follower count increased from like 6,000 to like 30,000 or something crazy. Like people were like, no, Demi, like, no. So for the first portion of me learning about this, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to see her view, even though it's like a little bit, you know, the, the execution was a little bit shoddy, but then after looking at back and reflecting, I think I was just trying to like, I was trying to see the other side and I'm glad that I did, but I think that she sucks. And I think that this whole thing was extremely annoying and stupid. (laughs) I hate her. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like we, I, I just watched her YouTube docuseries dancing with the devil. And uh, we all know whether you've seen the docuseries or not, I'm pretty sure everybody knows and is aware that Demi Lovato has struggled with eating disorders her entire life, basically. So we know that this is a real problem for her. You know, we know that she's not making that part up or just being dramatic about, you know, she's just having a bad day, whatever. We know that this is something that she struggles with. So I agree. At first, I tried to see it from her side, you know, okay, maybe there is something that could be done to make everybody happy. And then the longer that I thought about it and the longer that this went on, I just realized, unfortunately, no, because here's my rationale. Even if the poor big chill was able to somehow satisfy everybody and create all these labels and all these categories, what is everybody else going to do? You know, like supermarkets don't label all their products. You know, we don't have that in grocery stores. We don't have that in fast food. Like, are we going to implement that everywhere just because of this one incident? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I really just think that that solution doesn't make any sense whatsoever, just because that would have to go everywhere all across the world and we don't need that like I think people are competent enough to just realize okay this is why these certain products exist second of all if she's going to be you know if she's concerned that she might be triggered walking into a scenario like that you know where she really just wants some froyo and doesn't want to see some of these products would it be so hard to either order it off uber eats post made it or have your assistant or someone, anyone go in there for you. You know what I mean? Like I saw a lot of people commenting saying, you know, Hey Demi, I get where you're coming from. I also struggle with this, but even they were saying, 
Demi, it's our responsibility to understand, you know, what we can handle and what we can't. And if it's a scenario or a situation that we can't handle, you need to take yourself out of it. You know, like you can't hold every small business and even every large business that you walk into responsible for how you're feeling. I hope that doesn't sound malicious, but you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. if, if you can't handle it, then that's fine. Like you're not a bad person for not being able to handle that situation, but there are so many other options that you can take, like having someone else order it for you or just postmating it. It's a fine line between judging someone for their triggers and judging for someone for how they handle them. Like, and I think in this situation, it's more like it's clear if she's open enough to talk about her eating disorder and like the the triggers that she faces, then she probably has a good idea of what sort of situations might trigger her. And in this situation, a lot of people on Twitter were saying, Hey, one of the first things that they, they talk to us about in treatment for eating disorders is that other people are not responsible for your triggers. And I thought that was a really interesting point. And then on top of that, the other thing is a lot of people made this point. So this is not an original thought either, but if you really wanted to have an impact and you really wanted to help the next person who might struggle with their triggers, walking into the Froyo shop, then strike up a private conversation with the owner and say, Hey, I noticed that all these signs for sugar-free and gluten-free and vegan and da-da-da are really triggering for me because they feel like proponents of those, you know, diet culture terms. And like, what's the reason for that? And then they could have said, oh, well, we're actually like cater to people who have specific dietary, you know, restrictions or just people who want to have those different things. And then the other people were like, other people were saying, okay, well, if they were to change their signage, like to being like for diabetics or for for celiac people, like that's weird too. Some people just don't want to eat sugar or some people don't want to eat gluten or dairy and that's okay. Exactly. You don't even need to have a condition to not want to eat those foods or to want to eat the other options. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were focusing on like the sugar-free and the celiac type stuff, but I think Demi was probably reacting mostly to the things that were saying like guilt-free which there was like one thing of packaging that said that it was guilt-free and then the rest was just like all these other options. And like, yeah, like guilt-free is a little bit outdated, but like that was, I'm pretty sure a brand that isn't even the big chills. Like they were just carrying it on their shelves. I don't know. It's just really fucking dumb. And she definitely could have like messaged them privately and been like, Hey, I had this experience and I really want to tell you about it to help the next person. Exactly. She went on Instagram and like, it's like a small business, like keep that same energy for like huge corporations that actually make, have an impact on millions of people every single day. Like, it's just kind of crazy. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude to Demi, but there are bigger issues to focus on here. Okay. Like, yeah. Exactly. And it's just frustrating because if you would have had a classic Karen go into a Froyo shop and had this mindset and freaked out, the Froyo shop would have probably had an uncomfortable experience and then they probably would have gotten the one star review from that specific Karen. But then because you have Demi Lovato freaking out about it, exactly. All of a sudden they have thousands of horrible reviews. Their business potentially could have been in trouble if it wouldn't have been for people going out and supporting it. And so that's just what pisses me off is that, you know, when Demi said that, Made that comment about how it's exhausting to be a celebrity. Yes, I'm sure there are days where it's a little difficult. Okay. Believe me, I'm sure. I believe her with that. But she needs to realize that on the flip side of the coin, 
because you're a celebrity, because you did this, now you're impacting a small business significantly. And that's why you're getting all of this backlash. So it's just like, how long have you been famous for? You know, the impact that you have. And I just don't see how she thought this was going to go any better than it did. Yeah. And it kind of felt like she was trying to like explain it away when she apologized, where she was like, this is, you know, something I struggle with and I just wanted to help. And I think in reality, like she genuinely was triggered, like triggered is often a word like, oh, you're so triggered. But like, I think she genuinely had a reaction that was, you know, fueled by her eating disorder that was like much bigger than really what actually happened. And then she was kind of trying to like explain, it was kind of like a PR situation towards the end there where she was like, I just want to help and da, 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 da. And it's like, I think you just got really upset and you did something wrong. And I would have probably appreciated more her being like, I really got triggered and I'm super sorry to having like the impact that I did on that company. And like, I would love to work with you to like talk more about it if you're open to it and like, see if I can help and like use my, you know, influence to help like, you know, small businesses everywhere, small yo shops everywhere. But instead in her apology, she was like, I'm sorry that you guys like misconstrued my intentions, which is like a very fake asshole apology. Like, I'm sorry you felt that way. Like, I thought her Instagram live was going to be what you just said, sort of, hey, I had a little bit of an episode, you know, I got really upset. I'm really sorry for how that came out. I wish I could take it back. But exactly the entire eight and a half minutes was just her saying, sorry that you took it the wrong way and just defending herself and my intentions clearly like that's on you it was just her feeling sorry for herself and then defending her stance and then saying oh it's so exhausting being a celebrity and I'm like must be nice to have a shit ton of money to be able to solve all these problems for you you know what I mean like because you're a celebrity you have the money to send someone out and go get your damn froyo for you and just one other point is that it's very clear to me that she genuinely did not consider the other people who the Froyo, who having sugar, like diabetics or gluten-free or celiac people, she didn't think about them. Like she's so in her bubble that she was just like, this is not working for me. And so I'm going to call you out without considering why it might be that way. And to me, it's really embarrassing that she didn't acknowledge like, hey, I was wrong. And I just think that like, where are all the P- the PR professionals who say, hey, you just need to say that you were wrong and apologize and try to negate some of the negative impact that you had? So in that case, I probably would have, if I were her PR professional, I would say, get on your Instagram live, say what is true, which is that you were, you had a moment that really triggered your, you know, your negative thoughts around your eating disorder and you lashed out because you didn't have the knowledge to understand really why those things were there. Exactly. And then say, Hey, like I realized that like, I actually created damage to the small company by like doing this. And they got all these negative reviews because negative reviews have a huge impact. Like reviews are a big part of like the restaurant industry. Yeah. They can really, really fuck you up. And so she had like a really bad negative impact. And if I were her, I would say you should donate them. Like Please, everyone who left a one-star review, please go delete it or change it yeah, to five stars. Star, like do something. It's just embarrassing. And I don't like how she responded personally. And, no, and the fact that too, that like her feelings walking in there are a hundred percent valid because she exists in her own mind. And that is definitely a challenge that people who struggle with eating disorders have. And so her having that feeling is not the problem. And I feel like that's important to say too. 
Like so it's how she reacted. And then not only how she reacted, because in that moment, she, she, she lacked the, you know, context or knowledge to do the right thing, but then it's how she reacted after the fact too. It was just like a doubling down instead of like a, Hey, I fucked up really sorry guys. Like let's move forward this way. So yeah, I am very sus of her and, you know, just knowing that she is like besties with Scooter Braun, like, I don't know. It's not, it's not looking good. It's not a good look. And I was so frustrated when this happened because again, I had just watched her docu-series, what, two weeks ago. And so I was really on board the Demi train. You know, I thought it was a really powerful docu-series. She was very raw and open. She's been on a lot of talk shows lately. I've been watching her interviews. It was actually really interesting. She interviewed with, um, she did interview with uh, Drew Barrymore and they actually talked about being like child stars and that was really interesting. So Mm -hmm. yeah, again, I was really on board the Demi train and then this happened and I have been booted off faster than I can even explain. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't even watch it and I just don't think that I'm necessarily on the train. Nope. Nope. So that's plenty of time about Demi. Okay. So this one, this story Oh boy. I mean, it should be quick because my thoughts are very much, you know, singular. But basically, (laughs) a new clip of Zac Efron has fans questioning whether the former Disney star got plastic surgery. To promote Bill Nye's Earth Day musical special with Facebook Watch, watch, several celebs joined Nye in encouraging the masses to care for the planet, including Efron 33, whose jaw and lips immediately caught attention to fans. Screenshots soon made their way to Twitter. What in hell did Zac Efron do to his jaw? Tweeted one observer with another account adding, there's a pic of Zac Efron with terrible Botox and jaw fillers circulating on Twitter. One user compared the High School Musical star to The Weeknd's facial prosthetics for his Save Your Tears music video. Another added that he looks like human Shrek from the second installment of the animated movie. Okay. I saw this circulating on Twitter and I have to say, that I was genuinely shocked that we are talking about a man's appearance. I know. In this economy, talking about a man's appearance. We can talk about women all, all we want, but a man, how, how dare you, society? No, I'm just kidding. But can we just say, like, don't fucking talk about anybody's appearance. If he <laughs> did get filler or, you know, whatever, jaw filler or lip filler or whatever the fuck, it's probably because we as a society can only talk about and give value to humans who look a certain way. And so then celebrities try to maintain their looks because that's the only way that they find themselves valuable. And then they get their fucking faces botched because they run themselves into the ground trying to look good for all of humanity and society. Fuck everyone. Don't fucking talk about it. I'm over it. And it's the same with Chloe. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I cannot imagine being a human, a normal, you know, functioning human getting on Twitter to fucking tweet about that somebody looks ugly because they did something new to their face. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know if you watched Zac Efron's Hot Ones interview and he might've said this somewhere else too, but I just remember him mentioning it in the Hot Ones interview. He talked about being in Baywatch and he was like, I never want to be in that good of shape again because it was so intense of trying he's like I couldn't even drink too much water because then I would be so worried that my abs would fluctuate from a six-pack to a four-pack and he's like the pressure was insane it was so unrealistic and I never want to do that ever again and that wasn't that long ago so I just think that's really interesting that not that long ago Zach Efron was just talking about how 
he doesn't like that pressure to be so perfect and look a certain way for everybody in whatever film or TV show he's in. And so for this to happen, I'm just a little confused because he kind of made it sound like, you know, he doesn't want to do anything to his appearance. You know, he just wants to live a normal life. So I'm confused, you know, what he had done. He's entitled to get whatever he wants done, done. But I'm just really genuinely confused what it is. Like, did he get some filler for a role? Somebody, this plastic surgeon was actually doing this TikTok about how he thinks it was a dental procedure. He doesn't even, he isn't even sure that it's, filler or Botox or anything like that. Who knows what's true and what's not, but I don't know. I, I have so many mixed feelings about this because my biggest feeling I'm with you. I think it's stupid that we're even talking about this, but I'm just curious what he's in next and what this would be for because I just can't imagine him getting it done for himself. I don't know why. I don't know why that might be wrong. I can. I think I think any, I don't think there's ever a time, I mean, and I could be wrong, but it's probably really unethical to ask any actor to go under a, a surgical procedure to fit a role. Like if they wanted him to look a certain way in the face, like they could use like facial prosthetics. So that's why I'm feeling like he probably just did it because he's getting a little bit older and, you know, has some facial estheticians telling him that he's losing volume in his cheekbones or something like I'm just going back to the time like and I can't remember if I ever talked about this on the pod but a couple months ago I got under eye filler because I had been really I've always been unconscious (laughs) (laughs) self-conscious about my dark circles and my under eyes are just genetic they've been there since I was a teen I always had people telling me I look like I got punched in the face I look like I've been crying I look like I have a black eye And the only time I never got those comments was when I was wearing makeup. And so last summer I was like, let's do it. Like it filler dissolves and goes away. So I was like, let me just see if it's like, if it makes me feel better, like to have filler and not have to put on like concealer every day. And I went in to the place and I was like, Hey girl, here's my under eye circles. Like, am I a good candidate for filler? Da, 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 da. And she was like, you know, you'd actually be a really great. And she's like, yes. And I did get the, get the filler. And she was also like, you'd be a really great candidate for chin filler because your chin is actually receding. And from an aesthetic perspective, you could bring more symmetry to your face and to your profile by adding some definition and protrusion in your chin. And I was like, bitch, like I never even knew that that was something that I should be self-conscious about. So then I got my under eye filler. I'm going home and I'm looking at myself in the mirror, like noticing my receding chin, which I've never noticed before. So imagine being a famous person and probably going to, you know, derms and aesthetic professionals your whole life who are telling you here, you can look a certain way. We can make you look more symmetrical and younger and, you know, wrinkle free with just this, you know, little procedure. And if you don't like it, it'll go away. No wonder all these famous people all get so fucking botched and just like run themselves into the ground. Like it just is not a surprise. And it's sad. I know the beauty standards are truly so unrealistic and so toxic. I just, the timing is also funny because he also just broke up with his girlfriend. Yeah. His Australian girlfriend. So I just wonder, yeah, what was sort of the trigger here? Like, was it the breakup? Was it just him feeling like he was getting a little older? Was it a new role coming up that he wanted to get snatched for? But exactly. That's the thing about filler. It dissolves. And so everybody freaking out that Zac Efron is gone. You know what? He'll be back. Even if it's a weird little filler situation, it'll dissolve. His perfect face will come back. And hopefully he doesn't get this done again. And but you if you want to, go ahead. <laughs> exactly. If he does get it done again, 
or if his facial filler doesn't dissolve, or if he just continues going down this path, then good for him and fuck everybody who made him think that he needed to do that. Okay. Because getting fillers and I'm not, I'm a part of this. I was a direct impact of this. When I got my under eye filler, who the fuck decided that you need to have full under eyes in order to look and to feel beautiful. It's so fucking sad. And who is changing who the beauty standard is just like out of fucking control and it's upsetting. And Zac Efron is a beautiful human inside and out. And I just feel really sad for him and for everyone in Hollywood who keeps doing shit to their faces. Like I'm happy for you. Cause like do what makes you feel good. But the reason it makes you feel good is probably because someone, someone sometime commented on the way that your face isn't perfectly symmetrical or your jawline yeah. isn't perfectly chiseled or whatever. Or for me, like, oh, your under eyes look like you got punched in the face. You look, you've been crying. You look like bad. You look like you didn't get enough sleep last night, whatever. Ugh, it just makes me so sad. I know. I bad for him. And I also feel like I'm like, you know, really riding hard for him. Like I feel this way about all the women too who feel like they have to get all of this stuff. Like what person in Hollywood doesn't get some work done? And again, it's not the, sh- it's not shaming them. It's just like, there's a, the reason that they feel they have to do that is especially because women in Hollywood feel like their worth, like their literal dollar value goes down once they hit like 30, 35. Or when you, once you turn 40, you can only get roles for grandma. There's like a theory that Margot Robbie is lying about her age just to be younger. I wouldn't be surprised. I know, I know, which is ridiculous. And I'm, oh my God, I'm blanking on what actress this is. But I was literally just reading an article about this actress who said that she showed up on set one day and somebody had put like two implants like breast implants in her trailer or like in her dressing room area basically just sort of hinting like we need to change this up or like we're gonna need to get something done and she didn't go through with it but I'm trying god who was it I don't know. I feel like I heard about that too. But I just, so that's why when I said that if Zach might have an upcoming role, I honestly, even though it sounds horrible and you would hope that people wouldn't say, you know, hey, could you change this? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he was slated for an upcoming role and they said, we're going to need you to just do a little something here, a little something along the jawline. Like it's messed up, but I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think they would do that. I mean- call me a pessimist. (laughs) I don't think you can. I feel like there has to be a a legality line where you can't ask somebody to undergo surgery. Like it's one thing. I hope so. I mean, and especially for like a anything that's like a physical besides like, you know, I know that there are some actors who will lose or gain weight for a role, but I feel like that has to be the extent of like, I mean, and I don't know that or like dyeing your hair, but like medical procedure seems a little bit intense. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're not forcing him, but I'm sure it might've just been a comment, you know? Hey, well, yeah, you know, that's true. And Zac Efron could have easily achieved the look that he has now with prosthetics. Like that's what's yep. like literally the weekend music video. But this is literally on TikTok right now. One of the biggest trends is that stupid inverted filter and people are freaking out, you know, whether or not their face is symmetrical. And I'm like, I hate everything. Nobody's face is perfectly symmetrical. And like a filter like that, yeah, it's going to make you look a little, a little scary at first when you first see it, but nobody else sees you that way. Nobody else looks at you and it's like, oh my God, her left eyebrow is way lower than her right. Like, stop. I hate it. 
my asymmetry. I I'm not even touching that filter because I just know that it will put me in a dark place for five to seven business days. Yep, that's exactly what happened to me. And I was like, why did I do this? Like I knew what the result was going to be, but I still did it. And it's it's funny because you know you have those people joking around about you know they'll be an influencer with a, a nearly symmetrical face, and then somebody will do it and they're <laughs> and then they'll do theirs. And yeah. so I'm glad that you know people are joking about it and laughing about it. But just even for a trend like that to exist in the first place, you know that when there's, for every person that's joking about it and making those funny duets and laughing about it, there's people that are legitimately really self-conscious now about something that they never were beforehand. And now they're feeling sad and they feel like they need to fix it. And I just hate it here. I hate the internet. Yes. Like there's probably little 12 year olds on TikTok who are just following Charlie, perfectly symmetrical, symmetrical Charlie D'Amelio being like, oh my God, like and probably at this point, young, even younger kids know how normalized it is to get, you know, fillers or, or injectables or anything like that in your face. And, oh, I'll fix that when I'm 18. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. you don't have to fix anything. And I feel, ugh, I just hate it. I could talk forever about this because I also feel like the, and we talked about this a little bit in a previous podcast, but like the body positivity movement or like body neutrality and all of these like conversations happening on TikTok are even more accessible to younger people who are now like probably ridiculing themselves earlier and earlier with less and less tools to like deal with yeah emotional repercussions of that kind of conversation happening constantly on social media so exactly anyways I'm stressed out. Let's talk about another thing that stresses me out, which is Caitlyn Jenner (laughs) announcing that she is running for California governor. Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California, and she's got a team of ex-Trump aides behind her. The Keeping Up with the Kardashian star, a longtime Republican, announced on Friday that she filed initial paperwork to challenge Democratic incumbent Governor Gavin Newsom in a potential recall election. I'm in, she declared on Twitter with the banner, Caitlyn for California. Jenner, 71, has a team of prominent GOP strategists behind her, Axios reported. They include Tony Fabrizio, a pollster who worked on former President Trump's 2016 and 2020 campaigns, and Stephen Chung, a former Trump White House aide who was part of Schwarzenegger's team during the star's successful 2003 recall election. Jenner's personal friend, Brad Parscale, Trump's former campaign manager, helped build her team through though he doesn't plan on taking an official role on the campaign. In a statement, the transgender rights activist slammed Newsom for his over-restrictive lockdown during the COVID-19 pandemic and complained that the Golden State's taxes are too high. Okay, before we get into it, I just have to say, because something that was really interesting was when we were driving from Portland to Palm Springs yesterday, we took Highway 99 instead of I-5 because we wanted to just, I don't really know why actually, it took two hours longer and it was actually horrible. And there was no, you know, redeeming quality for us to have done that. But we ended up driving through like all of the kind of rural farm areas. And there are all these signs like recall Newsom and open the schools and just a lot of like anti-Gavin Newsom propaganda. And I just thought that was so interesting after then having seen this uh, story about Caitlyn Jenner running for, for governor. I mean, my take is this. The sheer ego of fucking, just once again, it's Demi Lovato and now it's Caitlyn Jenner. The ego that these Hollywood stars have to think that they are the key to all of the state's problems. I'm sorry. (laughs) But a, you know, former Olympic athlete, 
I don't know what Caitlyn Jenner's uh, net worth is, but I, I assume it's in the millions. For them to say that the taxes are too high is just not not something I'm on board with. No. I I just also the over restrictive lockdown. I mean, I don't know anything about California. I don't live here. I don't know if it's been over restrictive, but I do know that when I went to an ice cream shop yesterday, half of the people in there were not wearing masks. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay, I got it. I see what's happening here. I see what's happening here. <laughs> I just want to know what the Kardashians are thinking about this because first they have to deal with Kanye saying that he's running for president and running for president, not just saying that he's going to. And now we have Caitlyn Jenner and I just have to know what their thoughts are. I wish that they would speak on it. I know that they're not going to, but you, I just, I can't stop thinking about that because now we've got Kanye, we've got Caitlyn, who's next? Scott? Well, I did see a story on page six that said Kardashians won't campaign for Caitlyn Jenner's California gubernatorial run. The Kardashian-Jenner clan will be supporting Jenner's run from afar as political differences and Jenner's messy divorce still weighs on their minds. Mm. TMZ reports that sources close to Caitlyn confirmed that she told the brood of her bid for the brood of her bid for California governor before announcing it to the world this week. She didn't expect them to pound the pavement on her behalf due to underlying tension, including her past opposition to gay marriage. Caitlin is also running as a Republican, which reportedly doesn't sit well with the socially liberal family, which is a questionable claim given that Mm -hmm. Kanye is Kanye. While stepdaughter Kim worked with former Trump on prison reform, she never aligned herself with conservative values. She also never publicly endorsed soon-to-be ex-husband Kanye when he made an attempt at the White House last year. The Kardashians also endorsed Clinton in 2016 when Caitlin endorsed Trump. Uh, She yanked her support two years later, admitting she was wrong, which is so weird then to hire ex-Trump people but okay I don't know if you've been watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians but I just watched last week's episode and it I think it's important to note and just very interesting to bring up that in the episode Caitlyn calls Chris Jenner with Caitlyn's friend who she lives with and they were basically asking her for ideas for what Caitlyn can do because she was sort of bored <laughs> you know a lot of the public appearances have gone away with COVID Wait, you know all so those funny yeah, and so Chris Jenner was over here giving her an idea. She's like, oh, you could start a YouTube channel and do a cooking show and was just giving her these ideas to try to make profit and basically give her something to do. And so I just needed to bring that up because how ironic that, you know, in this episode, we're hearing Caitlyn Jenner is bored. She needs ideas for how to make more money, give her things to do. Chris Jenner offers a YouTube channel and now Caitlyn Jenner is running for California governor. Okay, so she's bored. So now she's running for governor. Got it. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's really interesting. I mean, I don't. I think this will be a huge flop, and I don't. I mean, I'm just predicting. I don't fucking know anything. Who knows what the fuck will happen? But I don't think that she'll, you know, make it very far. But that's an interesting point. And and it was interesting that that page six uh, article note noted how, you know, there was tension with Caitlyn endorsing Trump because he was very like anti-gay but then Caitlin is you know obviously a advocate for trans rights yeah and it's it's been a common criticism of Caitlin that she truly lacks intersectionality towards the LGBTQ community because she really only is you know writing for transgender rights but then is a Republican and and aligns herself with Republican values which are very 
intensely anti-queer in general. So yeah. it's like, I just, it seems like, this seems like a recipe for disaster, but maybe it, it'll, I mean, I don't know, maybe people will be excited that there is somebody who shares those good old Christian values but also is, you know, openly trans. Yeah, I'm just curious to see sort of what fan base Caitlyn Jenner is really going for and trying to attract within the voters. Yeah, what niche is she going for? I have one more thing, which is not in our stories, but I just need to know because you literally work for NBC and I just, this tea is so piping that Elon Musk is going to be hosting SNL. You guys, this is a literal disaster so yeah this was just announced a couple days ago and everybody started freaking out you know the usual comments on all of NBC's content you know just when I thought SNL couldn't get any lower couldn't get any worse (laughs) however it's interesting because this time around you know there's always backlash on who's hosting but this time around there's actually cast members that are sort of speaking out and basically saying that they do not support this they're kind of trying to revolt against it. Elon can you tell Musk, me which cast members so I can read a couple tweets? Yeah, so Bowen Yang is probably one of the biggest ones that's speaking out. Bowen Yang's Instagram stories. He put a screenshot of the of Elon's tweet that says, let's find out just how live Saturday Night Live really is. And then he wrote, what the fuck does this even mean? <laughs> On his Instagram. And then Andrew, Andrew Dismukes, who's a featured player, I guess Bowen technically is too, but Andrew is really new to the show. And he basically posted an Instagram story of an old SNL cast member. And yeah, he said, the only CEO I want to do sketch with is Sherry O'Terry, who is like this old SNL cast member, but it's CEO within her name. So he sort of threw some shade that way. Society of Lorne Michaels simply did not have Elon Musk host SNL. <laughs> it's like a screenshot of a dystopian <laughs> I'm laughing too because a while ago I changed Emily's name in my phone to Lorne Michaels and I haven't changed it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's interesting. It does seem like a really problematic choice. Yeah, no, it's incredibly problematic and it'll just be interesting to see what happens because with all the backlash that has already gotten, you have to wonder if they'll cancel. I don't think that they will, but it's going to be a rough episode. And you know how there's always articles about how SNL people get interviewed and they say, who is your least favorite host that you had to work with? I have a feeling that Elon Musk is going to be the new number one answer. Yeah. I mean... And Miley Cyrus being the musical guest. So like now she has to be associated with that. That'll be interesting too. Exactly. And a lot of people were saying, just have Miley do double duty. Why isn't Miley just hosting and being the musical guest? Everybody would love that. Yeah. Like people would be lit. I know. There's, there were so many, there were so many of those stories this week. Like even, did you hear how Jeff spoke out about how David Dobrik's stunt almost killed him? Oh my God. Can we just, did you, did you follow that? Cause I wasn't yes. going to do that because I wasn't, I was assuming you, you know, you're just, you, you, your, your brain is so small. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what Who did you, you, what did you think about that? Oh, it's nuts. And I feel like a lot of people were saying, you know, maybe this finally will be the last nail in David Dobrik's coffin, but it's horrible. I mean, it's, I, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. I want to know if David Dobrik, you know, was sort of paid for his recovery and maybe he, if, if there's a lawsuit going on, I just need to know the behind the scenes details, but it's horrible. And it's scary because in the video, 
when what's her name Corinna is being spun around you can hear her say you know David you always take yeah you always take this too far and she sounds genuinely scared and so it just gave me horrible vibes I feel so bad for this guy and I hate I hate this sort of culture I mean it's just to me it's crazy that David just didn't recognize like the general laws of physics like I don't know the names but he literally was swinging him around in this excavator and then cut the power when he noticed he was going too far like what the fuck he literally could have died and a lot of people were saying like Jeff is equally as responsible like he got on the vehicle he knew how dangerous it was da 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 which like yeah he's responsible but if Jeff would have died David literally would have been held accountable for like he would have been like convicted of manslaughter or some shit well yeah and a lot of a ton of people were obviously criticizing David for not like he broke so many safety and machinery rules. And yeah, um, did you have your license to operate this heavy machinery or what's the tea? Yeah, that was just crazy. I'm glad that you agree. I mean, I think they're both responsible, but I feel like David created this culture of like doing really stupid shit and nobody being held responsible or like like David's literally a multimillionaire. Like he should hire somebody to hold him responsible or to make, to ensure the safety of him and his friends. If he's not going to be the one to carry that responsibility, because it was literally only a matter of time before somebody died. And if they don't stop, like somebody will die or if they don't like change it, like this is a business. And I was listening to, um, Frenemies, which is that podcast between Trisha and Trisha Paytas and Ethan Klein. Oh and yeah. I'm not like a huge stand because Trisha's a little bit crazy too, but I really like their chemistry. And they were talking about the situation and what were they saying? They were talking about how, oh, on like Jackass, the show Jackass, which is like all, you know, people doing crazy stunts for, you know, entertainment value. There was an entire crew of like stunt people like people who are licensed, like medics were always on the scene in case anything went wrong. Like yep. they had all the checks and balances. They probably signed like um, some sort waivers. Of, yeah, waiver. Like if they got injured, that they weren't going to be held, you know, liable. And like you're doing this at your own risk, kind of thing. Like David literally just fucking bought an excavator and took it to a lake and then just started, you know, almost murdering his friends. Yep. yep. <laughs> I hate him. Okay. Well. I'm glad we got to touch on that because it was crazy. Like I was shook when I watched, when I watched that video, I got full body chills. Oh yeah. I know the, the real time clips of it happening and people running out into the water to try to get him. Oh my God. Horrible. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I'm going to go dive into the pool. <laughs> no stunts there. Just a no nice step in. Maybe one dive. I don't even know how to dive, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to wade in the water. Anyways, thank you all so much for being with us this week. I'm really glad to be back. I'm glad we had some hot tea stories to report on this week. And now I'm going to go get tan and swim. And God, soak it all in. All right, everybody. Well, you know the drill. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do that. We would be so grateful. If you want to follow us, check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Instagram at The Wrong Side Podcast. Check us out on Apple Pods. Subscribe. Do everything. Just do it all. Tell your friends. Share us on Instagram stories. Do whatever you got to do. But thank you for being with us for another week. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.